Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. in humility and faith and said, I'm willing to follow you and be led by you. I'm yours. I acknowledge that you died on that cross to pay for everything in my life that I couldn't pay for, that my sin, my iniquities and shortcomings, my bad attitudes and wrong actions and so forth. And, and so you've bought me back from captivity to imperfection. That's what sin means. As believers and followers of Christ, we've been set free and are no longer slaves to sin and death. While our liberty is definitely something to rejoice over, it's important that we realize we're now slaves to righteousness. In today's message, Pastor Robert will teach you what it means to no longer be a servant of sin and how we're to use our liberty in Christ to serve in His kingdom. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 today, just to give you a little bit of background and maybe bring you up to speed, um, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18 we're told that he, he went to Corinth, he was there, and uh, as was often the case, he wasn't terribly well received. When he went to the synagogue there in Corinth, you know, as was typical, they, uh, they booed him and kicked him out, so to speak, and uh, he was discouraged. You know, the city of Corinth was, as we've said before, uh, totally decadent and would, would probably, well, it, there's no question, it would have made South Beach look downright tame by comparison. Uh, we think that we are in the most promiscuous and permissive and progressive culture of uh, human history, but we're totally not. The cities of Ephesus and Corinth, in particular, in Paul's day, had uh, a completely decadent society. Corinth was a um, it was like a port city, and the uh, the temple of Venus was there on the highest hill there at Corinth, and a thousand temple prostitutes were available for worship, and uh, it, it, the place was just out of control. And the passage there in Acts chapter 18 tells us that God appeared, the Lord appeared to, to Paul in a vision that night and said, don't be afraid, don't keep silent. I have a lot of people in this city. And, you know, the implication is that Paul was afraid and he was tempted to keep silent and maybe just move on. And the Lord said to him, no, don't do that. I have a lot of people here. And so Paul did stay for 18 months. He was there for a year and a half. He had a very fruitful ministry. He planted a church. And he's now writing back to this group of people whom he knew well, loved dearly, and, you know, had administered among them. They had come out of this pagan culture 
where self-indulgence was at the center of everything. And, you know, now he had led them to the Lord. He had taught them, you know, at least foundational truths. And they had obviously written him a letter. He had written them one previous to this one because he, re- he refers to both of, of those facts in this letter. And, and what he's doing here in the book of 1 Corinthians is responding to their previous letter, the letter they had written to him. He's now writing back and responding. And he's dealing with some issues that they brought to his attention, like whether or not, you know, if, if they were married as pagans and, and now one of them has become a Christian but the other one hasn't, you know, should the Christian leave the one who doesn't know the Lord? And he says, no, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to make those kinds of changes. And, you know, dealing with them about food that had been sacrificed to idols and how do you, you know, how do you deal with that and... And a lot of questions like that. But now as we get to chapter 9, he changes gears just a little bit. Apparently there were some who had made some accusations, or as he words it in this passage, they were investigating him or interrogating him, if you will. And he's, he responds to that. So we're going to dig into this and look at it. It has very practical application for us here today. There are actually four things that we will consider from this chapter. But first, I want us to just read the chapter together, and then we'll back up and talk about it. He starts in verse 1 of chapter 9 with a couple of rhetorical questions. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man, or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about, or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple? Now here he's talking about the the priests, the Jewish priests. And those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. Even so, in other words, in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. 
to those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. That gets a little bit confusing, but all he's saying there in verse 21 is, you know, to the people who were not Jewish, who didn't have the law of Moses, I behaved like one who didn't have the law of Moses. I didn't, you know, demand uh, that they change their dietary habits because I only wanted to eat kosher. He said, now that doesn't mean that I rejected the moral law. I didn't start you know, lusting after people and committing adultery and murdering people and stealing. That's not what I'm saying. He, he says, I, I, you know, I, I simply did not demand that the men cover their head with the yarmulke when they prayed and stuff like that. Verse 22, to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now, this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, give me your attention. We're going to back up. As I said, there are four things I want us to, to consider together. Four things dealing with Christian service. The idea the, 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 that we are all, if we're Christians, if we're His, if His Spirit lives within us, then the Bible says we've been bought. And like Paul, though we are free and not in bondage to any man, we have come in humility and faith and said, I'm willing to follow you and be led by you. I'm yours. I acknowledge that you died on that cross to pay for everything in my life that I couldn't pay for, that my sin, my iniquities and shortcomings, my bad attitudes and wrong actions and so forth. And, and so you've bought me back from captivity to imperfection. That's what sin means. And so we've presented ourselves as slaves. And, and now we, we need to behave that way. We need to live that way. And if that's who you are, if you've made the decision to trust him and follow him and serve him, then there are four things he deals with in this passage that directly apply to you in South Florida or wherever you may be. Are you part of a local church community? It's important to have a faith-based community around you as you continue to seek all that God has for your life. With more on that, here's Pastor Robert. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're looking for a way to get closer to Jesus and you're in the Miami area, we've got a plan. We started something a few years ago that we we call it Intensive Christian Training, ICT for short. It's three phases, begins with just uh, dinner together, um, in a group setting every Thursday night. You do that for about 10 or 11 weeks and just go through the basics. What is Christianity? But you're doing it around a meal with a group of people that you really connect with and, and get to know. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in and you're in our Miami-Dade area, reach out to us, mainthingradio.com. 
Thanks, Pastor Robert. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for tuning in. Join us next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.